Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. Alicosta Coatless at an event in Tampa to destroy 136 counterfeit loudspeakers. I'm pissed I didn't get an invite. <laughs> it sounds like office space. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. 100%. There was um, escape rooms in there. There was that second flavor of things. Oh, the rage room. Oh, rage room. Yes. yes. Rage yes. I feel like no. I'm sorry. <laughs> he looked at my he looked at my notebook. Nobody oh could nobody could, nobody could reach him. Right? Oh. Nobody could reach him. Right? <laughs> right. We spent too much time together. Uh, <laughs> why is it still blurry? That's all the resolution we have. Making it bigger doesn't make it clearer. It does on CSI Miami. <sighs> Combating counterfeit, and Dante gets a new look. But in more next on AV Week. This is AV Week. Episode 641, Friday, December 1st, 2023. Smash, boom, bang. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. Audio sounds a little different. Uh, if you're just listening to the, the podcast, if you're watching the video, it really looks different. Here in New York at the Poly HP Experience Center, and we're going to introduce our fine guest first and foremost, Gina Sansevero from Atlas IED. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you for having me. It is always a pleasure to see you in person and yes. get my Tim hugs. Oh, that, that was absolutely. Um, we have two Georges, so no waiting. Uh, first and foremost, the reason I'm in New York is George Jacko from Pace. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me and the next guy that'll introduce himself. Yeah. But And the bald age, we're, we're, we're at George Jacko, bald age, you guys, Pace University. Yeah. Uh, the other guy he's talking about is Rich Miller uh, from uh thanks as well how are you sir good tim thanks for having us hair is looking great today and the third bald ab guy we have uh is the other george george tucker how are you sir i'm good and i was here for your tim hugs too <laughs> or, <laughs> or indeed, I, I, I forced it on the old curmudgeon it's um, late we missed the hug well you did i'm terribly sorry uh really quickly the reason i, I was i'm actually in new york is because of, of, of the, the bald ab guys you guys put on a fantastic event a couple days ago Pace University, Gina was there. Uh, she was on on on, on the panel that I moderated. She been fantastic. Bunch of really great women in in, in AV. Um, talk for us really quickly. Like, what's the whole idea? You guys had two hundred high school students saying, "Here, kids, here's the AV industry. Knock yourselves out." Yeah, um, I'll get started. And um, <clears throat> it's it's funny because when we started this program, we thought you know, introducing the high school students are all our stories that we've stumbled into the AV industry. And uh, if we can introduce the college level students uh, to the AV industry, it would be wonderful for our industry that is looking for um, talent right now. So at the end of the day, as we started doing this and we were speaking to a lot of folks from the industry and we spoke to, again, I'm gonna do an A drop here, uh, James King, cause he does get yeah. credit for this uh, eventually coming to fruition is he suggested that it's not, maybe not that it's too late, but that we need to start planting this seed earlier into when the kids, you know, kids decide on their university or their career path by the time they're eighth or ninth grade or whatever that is. So that's when Rich and I decided we got to do something to get into that younger generation and start planting. You see that there is a career path. It's not just, you know, pulling cables or hanging a TV on the wall. Uh, it is that, but it is more. Um, and we also, uh, the, the more we started working on this, we, we wanted to also uh, impress upon the kids that it's not just 
a bunch. It's not a a guy's club. It could be for anybody. Women are leaders in this industry, and, and you know we need more of that new blood uh, and on a good variety. So that was that was the goal, and um, I think we came pretty close to it. Yeah. And the panel, the you, you know Tim, you alluded to Gina was one of the fantastic guests on the panel. You moderated that panel. We highlighted that, and our student panel. Um, four of the five students on our panel were also female, and those were, you know, handpicked students from our class the last two semesters, and they've been superstars for us. And you know, the fact that we're able to highlight that um, and and keep pushing forward with this, and we can't thank everybody that supported the event enough because without everybody from Pace to our industry friends to those of you that came sitting at the table to all the high schools, I mean, we're, I think we're still on kind of cloud nine processing everything okay. that happened from two days ago, and yeah. um, you know, it was. We're hoping to make it an annual thing. So it, it, it's, it was, we're really stoked about how it turned out. And I get to met, meet another George. Another David. George. Another, there's a lot of George. <laughs> a lot of George. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to get actually the, the the super secret LinkedIn video we're going to do is about how to get kids into the industry. So we'll, we'll save that after this. Uh, first story comes to us from our friends at AV Network. Audinate has refreshed the brand identity of its acclaimed Dante audiovisual networking platform to reposition it as a complete. AV over IP solution. I'm not going to say all of us saw this coming, but all of us saw this coming. Uh, this crystallizes Dante's ability to enable communication experiences and collaboration across people and spaces using just one plug and play network. Uh, Mr. Tucker, I'm going to start with you on this. How ready is the industry for Dante video? I think they're as ready for it as any other platform. Okay. Uh, does it fit your solution and can I integrate it where I need it? Uh, I think there's a couple of things with Dante that they've done or Audinate doing this AVI over, sorry, AV over IP. Easy for you to say. Yeah. Uh, it's new jaw. So one of the things that caught me with this is that they have those little widgets and the little adapters to bring Dante to your existing infrastructure. If they can support the, the standards they say they did, and the 4K 444 that they're claiming they can do over these things, I think it's brilliant, and people will utilize it. Dante is known for what it's uh, for the audio portion of it. From my world now, which is currently live events, we know Dante like anything, mm -hmm. and we do some installs for my company, and we would turn to this as a solution because it's going to be there. It's something we understand and we know. So I think they're ready for it. It just depends if your infrastructure is going to support so it. So really quickly, you mentioned live events, and live events has been using. Dante for years. Yeah. For audio. Mm -hmm. Is there a play there? I mean, is it something where I guess the best way to ask this, you and I were talking earlier. Kiss is in town for the last show ever, right? Last two. Last two. If you're an event producer, are you going to lean on on Dante or any other AV over IP or the video portion that is becoming increasingly important in live events? Uh, the short answer is maybe. Because okay. in our world, we want to ensure that each framework and infrastructure is going to be rock solid and independent. If Dante goes down in a live show and it's both, that's a huge problem. Sure. We have backups on backups, but more often than not, I'm looking at having a video and an audio signal flow so that I can manage them independently. There's too much to go wrong in such a huge event in my mind. Now, you look at the... Um, the Taylor Swift tour, I'm sure they're using something similar. They might be doing it over a single wire kind of idea. Yeah. 
but that's like months and months and months of planning and that's that kind of stuff and there's redundancy there as well yeah so I, yeah so i'm sort of backtracking myself but can you see yourself doing that sure but from an old school life guy i want my independent i can solve them i can reroute them yeah i don't have to worry about them being mixed right you know we mentioned the fact that that at least a bunch of us saw this coming right and this is not anything new uh, when dante announced Four years ago, I think, the JPEG 2000 part of their chip. But they're getting into a really, really crowded market, right? I mean, all of us in this room, my son is here. If you're seeing the video, he can name half a dozen AV over IP solutions. Um, how do they, how, I guess the best way to ask this, how do they overcome that? How do they overcome that crowded pool mentality that is, oh, you're just an also ranner. Oh, you're just another. Oh, it's whatever how do they get above the noise of everybody else saying you know we can do av over ip yeah i mean it's definitely hard i think uh, you know of course they're going to have to find their differentiator right what makes them uh unique to the av industry and to av integrators they have a name an existing yeah. name that's okay. that's huge you have to leverage that right but uh, this is just the continued evolution of AV. It is no longer that black magic box that I don't want to tell you how it works. We've simplified systems so much that this is expected. So yes, there's a lot of noise, but the expectation is just that it's going to get easier and easier and easier to find that solution. And you're likely to go with a solution from a name that you trust. So to George's point, you have that vetting process. It has to be robust, it has to be reliable. And once that's over, that brand is going to have a lot of equity. Yeah. Rich, I wanna start with you on this when it comes to, to higher education. You know, How ready is our universities for this? That is a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I ask it, is Dante the audio platform? They've made inroads into colleges and universities for years, right? I, I am old enough to remember CobraNet, which is going to give Tucker all kinds of heart palpitations. Yeah, and that was the replacement, right? It was, it was so because CobraNet. I mean, technically, CobraNet is still out there. I'm not going to see mm -hmm. say exactly where, but it's there. Um, that was the replacement as CobraNet started going bye bye. And now, so they've gotten into colleges and universities. They're there, right? But they were there as an audio platform. How ready are our universities to say, okay, yeah, we can we, we can use, you know, Dante Manager as our video solution as well. I wish more. Uh, George and I were actually talking about this the other day, actually, um, in, in you know one of our many conversations throughout the the week. Um, we how, spent too much time together. Yeah. Uh, well, um, you had the same hair. Well, um, the the biggest thing I think is. Um, be able to convince folks uh, and proof of concept. So, so Gina mentioned having a brand name. So coming in with a, a, a company that may or may not have a reputation, um, going to our higher ups, they're going to be like, huh? Like I've never even heard. Of. And, and Dante, they may not even heard of, you know, Dante or Ornate, obviously. Um, George and I have because we're in the field or in the industry. But uh, the folks that we're trying to convince to bring this into the, to the university and to make our lives easier, right? And to give a better product, um, you know, there's constantly, and, and George will probably, go into this a little further is constantly events being requested and it's like well we don't really have literally and figuratively the bandwidth to do this okay so there's some probably some retrofitting that needs to be done and um that's where the the dollars come in so i think i think the idea of it is there um and, and while you both while you 
two of you were giving your answers. It also gave me like a really cool idea, shamelessly idea for our, our one of our courses that we're still developing to have our students like come up with their own, um, you know, own version of, of, of Dante type thing. Just that, just as a uh, like a simulation type environment. Yeah, like from a design perspective. Exactly. So like, oh, that just hit me while you guys were giving your piece. So I was making yeah. some notes here. But um, I'm going to, you know, I, I, I think George might have a couple more details on the the in-depth because um because of his day-to-day -day, but i i would love for us to be more ready and and be able to make our lives a lot easier i think it just we're, we're hitting too many roadblocks still on, in the higher ed realm yeah and I, you know it's it's primarily that there are so many different levels of um understanding like rich mentioned but also uh i don't want to say roadblocks they're not necessarily roadblocks but like in a university, you have limitations when it comes to network and where you can be on the network and what you can put on the network. You know, my network is like actually George and I were talking George the Georges were talking about this <laughs> a few moments ago about you know I would love to do this, but my limitations are X Y Z, right? So yeah, I would love to I would love to put Dante in the space or you know um, AI based camera like one beyond so I could I could hit on an X panel some way and, and control it when I'm in vacation on India or whatever it is, right? But speaking that language to on a technical level to the folks that are managing the network, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. you want to send 10 4K feeds over my network at the same time. <laughs> let's let's pump the brakes on that, yeah. right? So that that is I think the biggest challenge. Now a larger school probably has it easier ones that get to control their own networks and so on and so forth it's probably easier but i think that's that challenge is varied from do you think that conversation though has maybe changed a little bit since covid with the need to go you know video remote and all of that it it seems like it's almost right for dante right yes. now to mm -hmm. to do this in higher ed yes i think the timing is right I think we have come to the table for the conversation, but I think there's still a gap that needs to be filled, a bridge that needs to be built between IT and AV. You know, we need we need to work as one department as, yes. as we are because everything's over the network now. So, so um, but I think I think we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Uh, next story comes to us from AV Magazine. Our friends uh, over across the pond. I I, I kind of sub labeled this smash boom bang because i was just <laughs> first of all l acoustic let's tell the story l acoustic hosted an event in tampa to destroy 136 counterfeit loudspeakers i'm pissed i didn't get an invite <laughs> it sounds like office space oh my gosh right? yes 100 yeah. mitchell that's your graphic <laughs> <laughs> they seized it from the rental company seven sounds music uh they were mm -hmm. ordered to pay five seven sounds music was ordered to pay five million dollars dollars in damages to acoustics for trademark infringement local partners were invited to smash the fake speakers maybe that's why because i wasn't local uh as well as subwoofers before they were sent to substantially uh to were sent to a sustainability firm to repurpose the materials gina i'm 100 percent gonna start with you on this <laughs> right down manufacturer row how important is it for manufacturers to highlight counterfeit um, here. Oh, I think it's exceptionally important. I think that, um, you know, it, it is a brand reputation yep. um, issue. It is a reliability issue, a perception issue. And I think that, um, you know, also it's a 
uh, a flex. It's it's a way to. Sh I'm, I'm not even. I know. I like that. Really, yeah, it nice. really is. It's nice. a it's a way to show that you're serious. You're not just uh, a whole bunch of talk. That you know that we we have these patents um, for a reason, and we have these manufacturing processes, and we have these quality control processes for a reason. We have extensive testing for all of our products for a reason. Um, it, it, you, you step on our toes, and and there's that's you know you got you, you have to gosh my new york almost came out um, <laughs> <laughs> i will i will point out that the midwesterner here is is surrounded by new yorkers <laughs> when you do that to me i feel more comfortable speaking in my language <laughs> my native tongue these them and those the tucker tucker's here for my train as my translator <laughs> Uh, George, uh, Jack, I want to you know, come with you on this. You know, when, when you, you know, Seven uh, Sounds is, is the company that got caught with this, but when a counterfeit product comes down the pipeline, what's the impact on the relationship between the customer and the dealer? Not not the manufacturer, right? Because as Juno's point, pointed out, the manufacturer flexed, and I love that. They said, look, hey, look, this is this is not right. But that has to do some sort of damage between the company that sold the product to right. the customer. How much damage does that do? Yeah, first of all, uh, what's that? There was um, escape rooms and then there was that second flavor of things. Oh, the rage room. Oh, rage room, yes. Rage yes. Rage yes. I feel like, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, looked at my, he looked at my notebook. Nobody oh, could, my God. Nobody that. Could, nobody rage room, right? Right? Oh. Nobody yeah. could reach it. Right? You spend too much time together. Um, <laughs> nobody could reach it. Right? Um, you know, from from a from a end user perspective, when I buy something, I don't expect to have to test it thoroughly. Yeah. You know, take it apart. I expect to put it on the wall and walk away. Right. And those relationships are extremely critical because the manufacturer and the end user have a very limited relationship. It, it is growing these days, but like you have your middleman because I can't buy directly from the and uh, from the manufacturer. So you have this trust and faith in a brand you expect to get a certain product. Yeah. If that product, you know, is, is probably like a really crude way to say this, but I want to move on to the next one, right? It's all about trust. It's all about, you know, not what have you done for me lately, but like if I'm buying a product, I expect it to be what I've purchased. You expect the real thing. Right. Yeah. So if, and if I get burned once, I'm not going to go back that route. So, and you don't have to because you have so many options. There's so right? many options. Exactly. Yeah. I guess that's the part I love that. But yeah, but you know, there's, yeah, there's, there's not, not one, one I could go to the next exactly. one. Yeah. I'll yeah. build my rage room and then go to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, Rich, besides rage. <laughs> um, you know, seriously, what, you know, when, when you look at something like this, what are the recourses that you guys have as customers? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing, I mean, I think George and I both in being a hired word, I think we become over the years become loyal to a fault sometimes. Yeah. So I, I just, you know, the, the idea of blind faith when George was just giving his response came into play, like you, you want to open a box, you want to plug it in and walk away from it, right? Um, you don't want to have to worry about anything. So the fact that this, when you sent this article around and was like reading, I was like, this is this really happened. Like, uh, it made me think of like, um, like up just outside of our realm, um, 
the the other you know you're walking down the street and somebody's selling a fake coach bag or the the fake uh fake jordans like things we like are that. in new york quickly i understand that because my, my my wife and my daughter came yeah. out of louis vuitton yeah uh-huh. uh-huh. and they showed me a 2200 dollar mm-hmm. purse let it was this big, right? like, yeah yeah, yeah. So i understand the, yeah. the attraction yeah yeah so and yeah you know george and i've been in the industry for 20 plus years so we've we've definitely been burned but um Thank goodness, never in this capacity. Um, <laughs> but I, I know that you put a certain amount of faith in the person that you're dealing with or the company that you're dealing with. And George always mentioned that he mentioned the middleman because that's how you know we have to operate in our environment 90% of the time or 99% of the time, right? right? Um, so you know, you're you're putting your trust that they did their research, that they pulled the right strings for you, and that what you're what they're telling you they're delivering is what they're actually delivering. Um, and your your guys or your team aren't gonna you know be surprised by something. Um, and I can't talk about the rage room because George already stole it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Georges do that all the time, yeah, right? It's just generic. Right? I'm not, saying I don't have to listen to this for yeah. my entire ride home. Yeah, I, yeah I'm circling. <laughs> uh, circling. It. Speaking of Georgia's Tucker, you know, I, I want you to take it from from the supplier standpoint. I I have no idea, you know, anything about Seven Music. I have no idea what the mm. situation there is, but I I am aware of a couple of situations in in St. Louis, uh, not with the company that I work for, not with, with CTI, but um, back when I was a tech manager, we had a situation where we had a, an amplifier. That was purchased from another manu- another dealer in, in St. Louis. And turns out it was counterfeit. Mm. The dealer didn't know, right? They purchased it from, you know, so there were there were several steps in this chain. It did damage, George, to your point, the relationship for a time. How do you go about number one, verifying that the gear you you buy is real? And then fixing that and and and, and healing that that distrust that suddenly is there. I think, for, well, part of it, it, again, coming from when I worked for a manufacturer of automation equipment, yes. we encountered this as well, um, where they would get stuff over occasionally from someone saying, uh, no, it's not counterfeit, we swear, to just not telling us. <laughs> down to one of the engineers, actually, when I was working there with the engineers looking at the chips and the chips were engraved with the exact same everything. They, they counterfeited everything. Wow. wow. So they're point was is it under warranty did you register it Mm -hmm. because the minute you register it with the company they're going to tell you that that is or isn't the right serial number okay they're going to be able to tell you and you know maybe if you get through they've somehow figured out your serial number or whatever your thing is and they then you start to see duplicates and you trace backwards to where that happened that's the first thing register register register. yes it's somebody time somebody has data entry we all love the data entry uh healing it i'm sorry go ahead you had a question Uh, because that's what we do with everything we just register and you have to you have to so pause for a second yeah you register it as the dealer uh, well, that, as, well I'm coming from my perspective. Well, as I understand. Said. but I, I, I want to make sure that that to differentiate or yeah. to make sure that we're saying the right, the same thing here. Are you saying that the 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 end user, the person who's purchasing the equipment, is the one who should register it? Yeah. Or should that be on the dealer who's putting the the system together? Because it's so rampant, I would be the individual institution that purchased it. Okay. Should register it because okay. you have a record of all that. If that dealership goes belly up or something changes or records get evaporated yes. by some natural disaster you have some kind of connection there okay so uh, take take the the the, the warranty card and go to the site warranty card, but, but you know yeah. here's the thing any dealer worth their salt 
is going to give you serial numbers and, and, and yeah. logins and passwords at this mm -hmm. point. But they're going to give them a doc, mm -hmm. right, a spreadsheet, and then George and Rich are going to sit on on or somebody in you, know, yeah. and they're going to register this. Like another intern registering yeah. <laughs> data entry. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, seriously, and that's one of my jobs actually at the company. When we get new gear, I we all spread it out. But yeah, let's register that. It's okay. in, and it's not really for finding counterfeit. It's that. If something happens to this, especially in a small uh, small company like we are, we need to get that fixed and turn around as fast as possible, okay. and that also, makes a lot of times it so much smoother. A lot of times when you register, you get an additional two year warranty. Yeah, right? and you get support. Some, you have some sort or, or advanced replacement, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. they just registered. It's advanced replacement. We know it's we know we know you're real. We know it's real. Yeah. Knock yourself out. Go. There are certain systems that I think inherently um, protect you against that. You know, when you're using IP-based systems and you have endpoints and licenses, mm -hmm. each of those endpoints has a registration, for lack of a better term, SKU, yeah. that is registered with the system. Um, if it's not recognized, you're going to have a problem immediately getting that system up and running. Okay. So, My concern, though, is we, and then the article doesn't go into it, I couldn't find it anywhere. What percentage of purchasers knew? What that what they were purchasing was not legit. Well, in this, and we all know, as your example, <laughs> the, the the bags on the street, yeah. people who buy Beats headphones that we know aren't Beats. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, they're backwards. ten bucks on the corner of seven and forty. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, someone gives it to give to somebody or represent. I mean, it scales yeah. of importance here. But I'm just curious of how many were willing to say the price performance matches what I want. It's the price I'm going to upcharge somebody i just installed it for because they think it's the real deal that's my bigger concern too is where are we going after those guys yes you can go to the source get the main dealer but then you've got to go after the people who but, but knowingly you, did it you can't go to the source right and here, here's the thing and 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 i, I you know I, this is not a political statement so don't say what i say um where this is manufactured is not within the confines of the united states government legal system well did they say that, that this were these were these manufactured overseas yes. i don't know okay well here's the thing this this story has been going on for a while we yeah covered, covered it a couple different times uh, i just found it interesting because hmm. they get to smash it <laughs> so, <laughs> i'm so into that too oh yeah um but yeah it, it's it, it you know and, and we, we we have it, at least in, in georgia heard this i don't know if, if rich in, in georgia has heard this part but you have manufacturing facilities that are not within the u.s They'll run a third shift, mm -hmm. yeah, based on your intellectual property and sell it out the out the back door, mm -hmm. right? Um, not all of them do it, but it certainly it does. It's rampant enough that it's common. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, we, I can pick on manufacturer or microphone manufacturers for kind of not pick on them, but I have heard the stories. Of, oh, fake SM58s are everywhere. He, he just said, <laughs> you know, yes, that yeah. was one of them that that I you know the SM58, which is a very common, very popular microphone. You, you can get it counterfeited mm -hmm. if you want. Now it's what is it, fifty bucks, a hundred bucks now? So you know you, you can, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that that's the only thing that gets me. It is yes, you can go so far up the chain within the legal system that we mm -hmm. have here in the states, but there is a lack of mechanism and framework to protect it once it gets outside the borders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, that's that's uh, that's one for a legal guy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's one for Josh. So yeah, we need Josh Drago. Yeah, he needs to talk about that. Yeah. Um, all right. Hi, Josh. He doesn't listen anymore. He's just, oh, you know, that's not he's ferreted legal. He, he's not. He, he's he's off being a lawyer and a barrister. Hi, Josh. I don't know. <laughs> you no. should know. Josh, Josh, wear the wigs. 
Yes. <laughs> I can see him wearing those. Uh, he would totally wear it. Yeah, yeah, I Josh can see Rago, him. Look him up. He's a very smart um, yeah. guy, and, and he's the one who turned me on to security. He's Tim and Bradford. Yeah. Uh, turned me on to security. Bradford, too. Yeah, Bradford's, Bradford's also very smart. Um, sometimes too, too, he's too smart for my own good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Y'all, thank you so much. Um, George Chaco, how many? How do people get a hold of you? I'm on LinkedIn, George Chaco CTS, or Ball Davy guys on socials, uh, or you can email me at gchaco at pace.edu. All right, Mr. Miller. Uh, Rich Miller on LinkedIn at Ball Davy guys on all the socials, and uh, R Miller at pace.edu. All right, Tucker. Uh, mostly on LinkedIn. Uh, I do sort of visit Threads and have a community there, um, but other than that, yeah, those are the two best. All right, Gina. And uh, I am Gina Sansvero on LinkedIn. I am Gina Sans on X. Had to pause there for a second. Um, <laughs> I am Gina.Sansvero on Instagram, but that is food and puppies. Uh-huh. I will point out that Gina is Italian, so you definitely want to follow her. Food. <laughs> yes. um, sauce making, right? Yeah. Actually, she makes the sauce making. <laughs> um, for, for me, for Tim, don't, don't follow me on anything. Um, because at this point, the bears are just the bears. Uh, <laughs> go by the website, avionation.tv. That's avionation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others. Uh, and uh, here in about two months, which sounds really weird to say, we'll be, well, Gina and I will be in Barcelona. The tweet up registration is up. We're going to be in the HD Base T booth uh, along with our friends at Commercial Integrator and the 40 Under 40 alumni, not just this year's 40 Under 40, but just all, all the folks that have made the 40 Under 40 for the last 10 years. Uh, so that will be on Tuesday from 4 to 6 CET, which I don't still know what that means. Barcelona time. Barcelona time. Uh, but you can register for that on our website as well. So all that and more at avionation.tv. Avionation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. That is all the time we have for AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Erin Marmoran of EdTech. The world of higher ed AV is growing rapidly. That's why each month we hear from the best and brightest from colleges and universities all over the U.S. Check out EdTech on avnation.tv or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.